Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? You know, I know that things do not immediately change on New Year's Day, but everyone was like, oh, 2021, it's finally here. It's going to be so much better. And I've withheld judgment for about seven weeks now. And I think it's fair to say that it is exactly the same as 2020, except now it's snowing on the Mexican border. <laughs> Mexican border. I mean, we should have known better that everyone was saying 2020, worst year ever. But like the jury is out. Like we have a long way to go here. Right. And, uh, it can always be work. worse. It's all relative. So well, yeah. that's, a good, that's a good thing for our podcast because we're called Nope and and uh, if you only wanted to hear about good things, this probably isn't the podcast for you. Anyway, <laughs> let's get on with it. This is Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Right, Rachel. So like you were saying, I mean, we were hoping that by this point, we'd be talking about the glorious restoration of normalcy in the Biden Renaissance, but like all anybody's the talking about the Bidenance. All anyone's talking about is Trump and QAnon, and um, and like I feel just like nobody wants to talk about good news, right? Everyone wants to get outraged about bad news. It's so much more interesting, right? And there's still just like all these like creatures just popping up out of nowhere, and they're just so unusual we can't avert our eyes. No, and it's we're uh, frazzled every day. We, we can't we're keep... stuck in the house. I mean, you know, so, what are we supposed to do? So much so <laughs> that our episode last week, which was wonderful, thank you, Andrew Goldman, but was it was riddled with errors and inaccuracies <laughs> and misstatements. Misinformation. <laughs> it's, it's alternate truths. So we each have, like, corrections and amplifications. Rachel, why don't you start with yours? Yeah, so we have an important correction regarding key Knight Pulliam, who is also known as Rudy Huxtable from The Cosby Show. So for context, um, in last week's episode, we were talking about how Gabrielle Carteris from Beverly Hills 90210 is now the president of the Screen Actors Guild. And we were speculating on which formerly famous child star who hasn't been working a lot lately would take Gabrielle's place in because History. there have been a there have been a string of them, right? Like Laura yes. Ingalls Wilder, what was her name? Um, yes. Uh, what what was her name? Gilbert. Sarah Gilbert. Melissa Sarah Gilbert. Gilbert. Melissa no, Gilbert. Melissa Gilbert. Right. Yeah, Melissa Gilbert. Sister, right. Yeah. <laughs> so right. So who would take her place when she eventually leaves the role? And I said Tempest Bledsoe, who played Vanessa Huxtable on The Cosby Show. And I haven't seen her in anything in years, even though according to IMDb, she is still occasionally working. Not that much. And Brian, you said, what about Keisha Knight Pulliam? That's Rudy? Right. And I was like, great. That's a great suggestion. She'd be perfect for the Screen Actors Guild. But <laughs> Little did we know. Well, you, one- uh, to be fair, you thought of uh, Vanessa of Tempest Bledsoe first because she's seniority. She's like first in line to the, the throne. Older sister. Right? Yes. It's like the. You can't called? just right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Patrilineage or matrilineage. Patrilineage, right? yes. Right. Uh, speaking of, um, Prince Philip is in the hospital. I know, that's right terrible. Now. We wish you yeah, well. It's terrible. Yeah. I know. So, okay. <laughs> Apropos anyway. of nothing, yes. <laughs> uh, 
So, so anyway, um, little did we know that one of our listeners, who is a friend and former colleague of mine named Glena Albritton, she's in the film business. She's a writer, producer, and actually she's worked on some productions with Keisha Knight Pulliam. And she wrote us to say that we are mistaken. So we always say that we are not a news podcast, but we stand corrected. And not only is Keisha Knight Pulliam still working, she is starring in a movie called Redeemed on BET, and it premieres on February 18th, which is tomorrow. So um, do do so not miss. Yeah. Do, do not, not miss. miss that. And she therefore will not have time to take on <laughs> the work that comes with being president of SAG. Astra. So, um, Gabrielle right. And wasn't Gabrielle Carteris also the like head of the Teamsters as well? <laughs> the the, she's vice president of the AFL CIO. She's like um, Eugene Debs meets Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> she's meets Melissa Gilbert. <laughs> okay. Now, I have a uh, this is more of a clarification and an apology. So, I was riffing on Laverne and Shirley last week, and it was very unfair to both Laverne and Shirley and Lenny and Squiggy, for those of you who are of the vintage like I am, for whom they are uh, totemic figures in our childhood. So I <laughs> I somehow came up with the idea that Shirley was dead, uh, Cindy Williams, right? And I knew one of them was dead and one of them was alive. And I thought Laverne was alive because I had just seen her on a documentary about like New York accents, and she's a great example of that. But it turns out that the documentary was a few years old, and she had since died. Recent Penny she Marshall, since died yeah. Penny Marshall, right? Which, which I got confused. But I'm like, no, I would have remembered Cindy Williams. I was like, because I just read an article about like the secondary characters who had died, and it turned out that Squiggy died, and I sort of like <laughs> transmogrified that in my mind into Shirley being dead, and Lenny is. Um, Michael McKean is very much alive and and working and the genius he has always been. So so Laverne and Lenny, no, Laverne and, no, Shirley and Lenny are alive. Laverne and Squiggy, Squiggy are, are dead. dead. <laughs> and I think, I think maybe they bought like one big burial plot. Or like, I wonder if like they're going to be in a mass grave together or something like a murder suicide pact i, I expect probably right? it's like those sad it's like those sad stories with like don't one, they do that on all television shows <laughs> that's in your contract you, you have to kill yourself if your co-star dies <laughs> now we're making it worse we're just making it worse okay so the, the moral so. of the story especially as it relates to Keisha Knight Pulliam, is that in order to be the head of a union or any job we recommend you for, you need to be A, available, and B, alive. Alive. Right. Those are the two minimum requirements. (laughs) And so going forward, that will be our mantra. Um, But we are grateful for for the attention and the response and any feedback good or bad, corrections or not, we are happy to uh, clarify everything. Okay, let's move on to the real okay. notes, Rachel. What do you have? <laughs> okay. So um, so we called, I'm talking about the acquittal here, and we called it a couple weeks ago. Um, this impeachment to horror movie was fated to end exactly like the first installment in the series, but the fact that this outcome was preordained does not make it any less depressing or noteworthy, and it in fact makes it more depressing because I feel like 
the house managers could not have laid out a more convincing argument, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And they got they got a majority of senators. It's just that darn constitution that requires two thirds, right? I mean, right, exactly. Trump's they got like, seven. I've been vindicated, but you have not been vindicated. Like, no. Uh, no, 57 senators said you were guilty. Um, but yeah, I mean, seven Republicans was more than I thought they were going to get. Yeah, so, they got a few. They picked off a few at the last minute. Yeah. So um, what I what I do want to talk about is the fallout from the acquittal, which is this bitter feud that's emerging between Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. <laughs> and so Mitch McConnell is trying to perform this high wire act. He's like Philippe. Petit, that French aerialist who walked between the Twin Towers in 1974. Yeah, it's a good but, movie about him. Yeah. Yes, it's a great man on a wire. It's a yeah. great documentary. So, But McConnell's High Wire Act is that he voted to acquit Trump in the impeachment trial, but then subsequently gave a speech on the Senate floor saying that Trump was, in fact, guilty. But the trial itself was unconstitutional because it took place after Trump had already left office. And, and, and we could and, ask ourselves why, right? Yeah, I mean, McConnell's speech, like, for all of its disingenuousness, was truly gasp-worthy. I mean, he framed it more starkly in some ways than the House managers did, right? And Chuck Schumer gave a speech before that, and I thought it was a strong speech. And then Mitch McConnell came out with like a banger of a speech. Like, if you didn't know the context, you would have thought that it was a very damning He definitely voted to convict. You would have thought definitely, (laughs) but he voted to acquit. And we could ask ourselves, why did the trial take place after Trump left office? And the answer is because Mitch McConnell himself refused to schedule it any earlier. So this is like Fakakta circular reasoning, and it's so cynical and so disturbing. And then McConnell writes, um, he follows up the speech with an op-ed in The Wall Street Journal laying out his whole ridiculous stance of trying to have it both ways. And it was entitled Acquittal Vindicated the Constitution, Not Trump. And this pissed off Trump so much that with the help of his goateed henchman, Jason Miller, he released a long, meandering and extremely weird statement excoriating Mitch McConnell. And the highlight of it was this sentence. Mitch is a dour, sullen, unsmiling political hack. And if Republican senators are going to stay with him, they will not win again. Okay. Okay. Right. (laughs) A lot to unpack. We have a lot to unpack. Dour, unsmiling, and what was the third word? Sullen. 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 That describes Trump, right? I've never seen Trump smile. Like maybe he like smirks in a grimacing sort of way. Like, but he doesn't smile. That describes him. He's dour. He's he has a forbissena punum. Forbissena, the most forbissena. (laughs) (laughs) Forbissenissimo. Like, he's not exactly Mr. Smiley Face. And this is the kind of thing that you say, like, to harass women, like, smile more. You should smile more. Or, like, right, um, right. you're you're sullen. It's like something that, like, you would say to a teenage girl. Um, anyway, it been, Mitch McConnell. It would have been part for the course if he had been tweeting it, but he's not allowed to tweet anymore. So now there are these, like, grandiose statements coming out on, like, presidential Like, two-page statements, yes. yes. <laughs> With basically the same infantile taunts that he used to put into tweets. Exactly. But the best part of the statement is not what was in it, but what was edited out of it. So someone leaked to Politico that there was going to be a line in there about Mitch McConnell's appearance, which is not surprising. Remember, Trump kept calling Adam Schiff pencil neck and he had some obnoxious thing to say about Kellyanne Conway's husband. So but in this case, the statement originally had a line that said that Mitch McConnell has too many chins but not enough smarts. 
Okay. Um, I, I would disagree. <laughs> I, I would get. Google. I mean, say what you want about Mitch McConnell. He's probably a smart guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. So he has not enough chins, which is to say, no chin. And plenty right. of smarts. I mean, two is too many, but he doesn't even have one. <laughs> and like I had to Google Mitch McConnell profile photo to make sure I wasn't like misremembering. Or missing some chins. Like maybe there were they were tucked into a fold of his skin or something. He has that like long waddle thing, yeah, but he yeah. doesn't have any chins. He has no chins. He's never had a chin. So my point <laughs> is that even when Donald Trump is trying to come up with like an infantile insult, he can't even get the facts straight. <laughs> He's totally Again, confused. Truths, right? He should contest. Yes. He should uh, check with Laverne and Shirley, who have a firm grasp on the truth. And Keisha Knight Pulliam. <laughs> okay, so, so so all this is sending Lindsey Graham into a doom spiral, and he went on Fox News and told Sean Hannity yesterday that this feud has to stop. He's very worried about 2022, and he said, "I don't want us to eat our own." To which I say, nope, this is an all-you-can-eat buffet. (laughs) A buffet of hate. I don't care who wins, just savage each other. Just just devour each other. You deserve each other. I I just hope that they drag each other down in the mud in perpetuity. So, um, so yeah, so that's that. that. No, Yeah, yeah. But it goes on. But it goes on. Yes. But it goes on. Um, So that just happened, like, yesterday. But I cannot talk about this whole abomination of an acquittal without running through the greatest hits of Trump's defense team. Um, We talked a bit about Bruce Castor last week, right? He's the guy from Pennsylvania, the one who didn't prosecute Bill Cosby. And he seemed way out of his depth this whole time. He was arguing in front of the Senate. And on Friday, he referred to the call between Trump and Georgia's Secretary of State, Ben Roethlisberger, Mm. which raised some eyebrows because even (laughs) I, a football hater, (laughs) know that Ben Roethlisberger is the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, not the Georgia Secretary of State. Brad Raffensperger. Give him time. Maybe he has political ambitions. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe they want to swap or maybe <laughs> Brad Raffensperger has NFL ambitions. I, who knows? They want or, to okay, swap so. jobs. Okay. So Ben Roethlisberger is a different person than Brad Raffensperger. And this is not that complicated, right? No. It's a little Somebody. complicated. <laughs> okay. You'd if it was my job, notes? if it was my job <laughs> to be dealing with these things, I would get the distinction clear in my head. On television. On television. In front of the entire US Senate. Yes. Okay. So so that's that lawyer. Um, we talked last week about the water drinking lawyer, Schoen, who wanted to represent Jeffrey Epstein before he died. But we didn't talk as much about the third guy who was the last minute addition to the team. And he proved to be the wildest, most unhinged of all three of these people. Because I feel like he had the least exposure because he didn't go on that first day. So people weren't buzzing about him is not much. Right. But he's quite a character. Right. He came out of left field and he's like right out of Better Call Saul. And we even have a radio ad from his firm. Let's play it. 
Vanderveen, O'Neill, Hartshorn, and Levin wish you and your family a safe winter season. Whether you're walking down Chestnut or Market, Frankfurt or Aramingo, be careful and watch your step. But if the walkway isn't clear and you fall and get hurt due to snow and ice, call 215-546-1000 for Vanderveen, O'Neill, Hartshorn, and Levin. Trial lawyers excelling in the areas of law most critical to you and your family. 215-546-1000. To see their outstanding results and five-star client reviews, go to mtvlaw.com. The V is for victory. Okay, so he is a personal injury attorney like uh, Selino and Barnes, the late great yes. Selino and Barnes. <laughs> right, like a like a Bush League Selino and Barnes. And like, I mean, it's like if you slip on ice on Market Street <laughs> or if you are the president and incited an insurrection, <laughs> just call, call Vanderveen, O'Neill, Hartshorn, and Levin, and the V will be for victory or oh, yeah. Vanderveen <laughs> or vomit. I, I don't know. So, my, my point is that vomit, yes. <laughs> this was a total, total clown show on the Trump side, and the lawyers representing the former president could have been they could have been anything they could have been a gaggle of geese they could have been a, like <laughs> a bunch of cups and like inanimate objects and the, the republicans would have still voted to acquit right yes yes well because it was an unconstitutional trial so it didn't matter what they said <laughs> right, right they could have had like so. the the fourth grade like mock trial team doing it which they basically did they did. I mean, the fourth grade mock trial team would have done a better job. They would have prepared more. So this is disgraceful and um, nope to all of it. I hope that now all of these trials will flower in the wake of this debacle and be more successful in prosecuting this criminal enterprise. I agree. Nope. Um, nope. So um, we did promise to make an effort, although we are only partially succeeding now that the hopefully Trump era is winding down to talk about other topics. And we used to talk a lot about New York City, uh, especially New York City real estate, which is a fascination not only for people in New York, but around the world. So I do have an item about that today. And uh, this is a good example where the headline says it all, which is fancy tower for billionaires revealed to be horrifying (laughs) hellhole. Which is the story of New York real estate. Okay. So, you know, for our listeners everywhere, there's this billionaire's row, which is where they're building all these like obnoxiously tall towers with $100 million apartments in the penthouse. So this is about 432 Park Avenue, which I was actually optimistic about. It's uh, controversial because it's like this – it's like a very square, very tall tower that totally remakes the Manhattan skyline. But I yes. kind of liked it. I, I thought it was it's very like very minimalist. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like a glass and steel. There's like a st- like it's it's pretty cool. Um, and as you would expect, uh, the the condos top out at eighty eight million dollars to buy one, and the whole place costs three point one billion with a B billion dollars to build. And like uh, as the headline says. It is falling apart due to, quote, unreasonable height and design flaws. I do not know who I'm <laughs> quoting there, but <laughs> I read that. Um, and, you know, people are getting taken in, sophisticated people. A-Rod and J-Lo bought there in 2018, and they sold immediately upon taking possession of the apartment. So what are these problems that make it a hellhole, you might ask? <laughs> well, you would think that the number one requirement of living in a home— billionaire or otherwise would be hot and cold running water <laughs> right yes, however basic amenity however yes. the plumbing leaves a lot to be desired um there are constant 
there's constant flooding and water damage. Uh, there were back-to-back leaks, and this is a quote, one of which propelled water into elevator shafts, shutting them down for weeks. So <laughs> so, so you just had to walk right. to your apartment on the like, 108th floor. <laughs> yes. It sounds like something out of, like, Towering Inferno when they turn the, like, fire hoses on the top of the tower. Like, could you imagine, like, a water gushing into the elevator shafts one of the apartments because of that had a half million dollars in water damage um and one resident backed out of a 46 million dollar purchase after what they called a catastrophic water flood okay but i don't this is like a 3.1 billion dollar project and they had one job like they couldn't <laughs> make it not hire engineers who could figure out how to make this work like this is a very that's... trumpy trumpy project i okay, think they cut okay. some corners in things like <laughs> pipes They also cut corners in the elevators, which have frequent malfunctions. And apparently there was a horrifying incident during a high wind condition. Now, I I don't know. Have you ever been in a really tall building during wind? Like, it's scary. It does. Like, it's built to naturally sway a little bit. Right. But it's it's in such a way that you know like okay unless you're like a hayseed you know oh i'm in a high, tall building in manhattan this is what happens it sways a little bit and you're okay it's a little unnerving. it's supposed to it's, yeah that's right yeah How, however <laughs> however um when there is a quote high wind condition uh it entrapped someone in the elevator for an hour and a half um and uh that is terrifying if the building is swaying and you're in the elevator and it jerks to a halt and you're trapped in there for an hour and a half <laughs> that sounds traumatizing yes yes and the even with the allowance for some swaying they say they are very unsettling noises that it's there's eerie creaking and groaning voices like there's voices <laughs> Voice, maybe it's haunted <laughs> Remember, there was that um, castle in Germany that was haunted by the ghost of Kaiser Wilhelm. Right. And like encircled by wolves. (laughs) Maybe Maybe there's like wolves on 57th Street. Like the New York counterpart. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, um, and then there's a garbage chute that everybody complains about. So, I guess the first question is like, don't you have your own garbage if if you have an $88 million apartment? You don't have to go down the hallway and put it in a chute. But they say when it goes off. You have your own garbage chute. Yes. They say it sounds like a nuclear bomb when it goes off so you're in the middle of the night <laughs> somebody like goes to the hallway this is so amazing i'm just like this story made me so happy because it's oh, just it's- nice to know that nobody can escape the drama that comes with you know being part of a co-op in new york city oh absolutely uh, i think it's a condo though so <laughs> it's even worse um oh, now, it's here- a condo whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well co-ops have their own nightmares but uh so here's my favorite part. So um, one of the big amenities here is that they have a restaurant in-house with a Michelin, Michelin star chef. Um, and you have to pay an annual fee on top of your regular dining. You have to pay for the dining, too. So they were told the annual fee would be $1,200. Then they got charged a $15,000 annual fee. Um does so, this go to the food in the rest? Is this like a credit for you to well, eat in the restaurant, well, or is well, just like the, to, for well, the right you have to, to eat in a restaurant? Yes, yes, yes like a private building. club. You have to pay for the right, and then you also have to pay for the food and drink. However, however, not everything. 
there was a, a free breakfast. You got free breakfast in the hotel as part of your uh, $15,000 fee. However, they canceled the free breakfasts now, to which I say even Holiday Inn gives you a free breakfast. They have the waffle iron. They got the omelet station. They got everything. And you can't even get a free <laughs> breakfast for your $15,000. <laughs> oh, my God. What so a at, as you can imagine, everyone is suing each other. There's this one owner named Serena Abramovich who paid $17 million for her apartment. She said- Oh, I was she's con- like a Russian oligarch person. Yeah. We've Roman talked about her Rome. before? Yeah. Oh, Roman, I, I know. I mean, oh, it's, just, yeah. it's gotta be. There's a lot of Abramovichs yeah. yeah. out there. Yeah. She said, I was convinced it would be the best building in New York. Well, you should have known. I was convinced it would be the best building in New York. They're still building it as God's gift to the world. It's not. Everybody hates each other here. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's even like pitting neighbor against neighbor. Yes, yes. I think it's like I don't know what. <laughs> why do, why can't they all just band together and just be united in because when you're that when you're that rich, everybody is out for themselves, right? Yes. So they, yeah. Everybody has their unique, you know, axe to grind with the management. They think they've all got it worse. So uh, they're fighting the management. They're fighting each other, and an eye for an eye only makes the whole world blind. Said. Gandhi, I think. Anyway, no, nope you know to nope, nope to four thirty two Park Avenue and to all these idiots who are paying more than eighty eight <laughs> million dollars for a condo. I'm sorry, but That's you get what apart. you pay for. Yeah, and you deserve it. Okay, so <laughs> no. Okay, um, uh, I'm going to move to Texas. No, I'm not f- personally moving to Texas. I'm going to move the storyline here to Texas. Uh, you may have heard this story. Um, there's a Texas mayor, mayor of Colorado City, uh, Texas, (laughs) Texas, 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 named Tim Boyd. And as we all know, Texas is having this deep freeze, very unusual. It's tragic. People have no heat or hot water, just like people in 432 Park Avenue. People are dying. It's terrible. So at times like these, this is where we rely upon our leaders, especially our local leaders in a small town like this, to rise up, to give people faith and hope and encourage them. Um, but it seems like with Trump, the uh, fish rots from the head down. And uh, the mayor, Tim Boyd, issued the following tweet, which I am now going to do a dramatic reading of. Um, it's a little bit on the long side, but I promise it's worth it because it is just yeah, please. just bonkers. Okay, so here is his tweet. <laughs> I was going to do it in a southern accent, but every time I try an accent, it just goes tragically wrong. So. But one question, the tweet was like a picture of the statement, right? Because it was it's longer than like 280 characters. It wasn't just. Yes. Yes. I'm going to read the whole thing, which is too long. Okay. 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 Tim Boyd, let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute. No one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with power providers or any other services, owes you capital nothing. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. If you don't have your electricity, you step up and you come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. Like, oh my God. If you have no water, you deal without and think outside the box to survive and supply water to your family. If you're sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come to rescue you because you're late, your lazy is direct result of your raising, only the strong will survive and the weak will 
Parish, P-A-R-I-S-H. Folks, God has given us the tools to support ourselves in times like this. This is sadly a product of a socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few will work and others will become dependent for handouts. Am I sorry that you've been dealing without electricity and water? Yes, but I'll be damned if I'm going to provide uh, for anyone that is capable of doing it themselves. We have lost sight of those in need and those who take advantage of the system and mesh them into one group. Bottom line, quit crying and look for looking for a handout. Get off your ass and take care of your own family. This is like the I find nothing book. there to disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I don't understand how are people supposed to provide heat for themselves? Like do they you just think like, out have of the, just generators think, like in their think house? out of the think out of the box. <laughs> okay, so this is like a really clear cut case where you can see the cause and effect of unbridled capitalism at the expense of public yes. safety. Like, and I'm suspecting Texas. some incest as well because this guy is just like from another planet. Oh yeah, this guy's a lunatic. But Texas itself is like not connected to the national power grid because they wanted they have that whole wind total thing. deregulation, and you know they have. And also, like, he's criticizing the government, which is the Texas government, which is Governor Greg Abbott, which is like a foaming at the mouth reactionary conservative, and that's who he's. That's not conservative enough. Did for you him. see what he? Did you see what Greg Abbott said? He said that the. This is the fault of the Green New Deal, which is a piece of legislation that has not even been introduced or passed. And he also blamed wind turbines, which provide 10 percent of the energy. Oh, there was a whole editorial in the Wall Street Journal this morning blaming wind turbines. It's all because this is like the raking the leaves for the the wildfires in California or the Jewish space lasers. Right now, it's the wind turbines. It's the wind turbines are responsible for everything. And then I just saw that Rick Perry, the former. Texas governor said that going days without power is a sacrifice that Texans should be willing to make if it means keeping federal regulators out of the state power grid. Ooh. Fuck that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, federal federal <laughs> should like federalize the they should seize it. They should seize it. They can't control it. This is terrible. <laughs> this is a fucking disaster. This guy's like, you you have to be able to provide for your own family. You need to be able to provide for your own state. Right. Like, why isn't Oklahoma, which is having the same weather? Why? I, I mean, maybe they're having trouble, too. But like, there's not lunatics like this running around. I don't know. Maybe there are. Anyway, there the, are. Only, the only I assure thing, you there are. <laughs> the only good thing about the story is that he was forced to resign, which is shocking to me because it sounds like he would have a groundswell of support for an opinion like this in that. <laughs> right, of the world. right. This is like a, the one this case where propel, there's been a consequence. Propel yeah, him to higher him to office. National <laughs> office. Yeah. <laughs> he could be the next Marjorie Q. Green. Who knows? <laughs> Oh, yes. And I have I have some news. That's coming up next. Okay, let's get on to that. So nope to Tim Boyd and to your whatever radical self-reliance doctrine. Nope to these people who are gaslighting Democrats for supporting regulation. This is ridiculous. This is. And I there mean, are. I mean, wait, wait. Nor is that the law. Nor is that the local government's responsibility to support you during times like these. It is exact. That is exactly. why we have a government. <laughs> what did? What does he think the purpose of the government is? Like, uh, I can't. Okay, no, nope, okay. shut this down. Okay. Okay. Uh, you must have some okay, news about so, love, lovely other people, right? <laughs> yes. Well, it was Valentine's Day this week, so this is a story of romance and and. Sexy, <laughs> I don't know, moments. Um, you know, <laughs> sexy moments. Yes, we all have them. So 
So it got largely overlooked in all the other mayhem of this past week. But um, the Daily Mail, our finest source of news, reported that Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Bible-thumping evangelical who is married with three kids and promised to take her strong family values to Washington, cheated on her husband with two different men that she met at her gym where she used to work before running for Oh, she was, a previ- she was previously a gym employee? Yes. Okay. Yes. No shame in that. I know. No, no. She plays, she but... just worked there occasionally so that she could get a free gym membership. It was oh, so page. side hustle. Good. Kind of, yeah, she's working yeah. it. Okay. okay. So <laughs> she so worked the... it. Till she could get it. <laughs> she... I'm sure like gym memberships she... in Georgia cost like twenty dollars a month. So she's. Okay. I know, but she also wanted to meet some yeah, men. Yeah, cruise so for guys. First... Yeah. Yeah, right. So the first guy that she hooked up with is a polyamorous tantric sex guru <laughs> because <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and the second man she took up with was the manager of the gym where she worked. So I well, first at least that guy's sort of white collar. That guy's in a position of power, like the polyamorous <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to help her political ambitions for sure. The manager of the gym might. No, I, I know. know. Wait, is there is there like accreditation for that for poly- being a polyamorous tantric sex expert? Like, do you need do you need uh, government certification to be able to teach that? I don't to- know about government certification, but there's probably some form of there's a union internet sure there's a un- <laughs> internet certification. <laughs> so- <laughs> Gabriel Carteris can head that. her other union job. <laughs> She's got a lot going on. But so <laughs> I just, I guess the first question is are there any monogamous tantric sex gurus? Like, do you need to put the polyamorous in there or is it inferred? No, I think there's are- a, like a certain degree of novelty baked into that idea. So I think you would need multiple partners to keep 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 things fresh. Right, right. So the guy's name is Craig Ivy, and the photos of him that the Daily Mail published are they're extraordinary and I'm going to link to them in the show notes. Um in the first photo he is lifting weights. He's got this swirly mohawk and he's wearing a tiny like itty bitty pair of hot pink spandex shorts with Trump Loy eyeballs. All over the oh, Trump Loy, not Trump Loy. No, Trump, Trump Loy. Yes. Yes, with like eyeballs everywhere. Where do you like, get those? I, that sounds fascinating. I'd like I to, go to work wearing those. <laughs> we should, you could reach out to him on Instagram and find out. But the, the photos um, get stranger and stranger as you scroll down. And you know how these Daily Mail articles go it's like a photo and then like a tiny it's bit mostly of Mostly photo, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's one where he's dressed as Zangief, who's a character from the video game. <laughs> Street Fighter 2. And then there's his Facebook profile page, which shows him standing stark naked by a waterfall, like in front of a waterfall in the Warrior 2 yoga position. I don't know that position, but like totally naked. Was there something? Did he have a fig leaf or a, some sort no, of insulation? No, totally naked. Uh, the Daily Mail, like, sort of like um, blurred Fixed, his yeah, butt. Blurred yeah. Um, but you know, on Instagram, he calls himself the tantric warrior, describing himself as living a warrior lifestyle while finding tantric love. And you may be wondering, what is the warrior lifestyle, right? I know because I'm glad you said this because I've been looking for a new lifestyle and I've been auditioning a few and, um, this sounds like a possible candidate for me. So go ahead. Tell me. 
So um, to be a member of the warrior lifestyle, you participate in reenactments of medieval battles and um, sword fighting. Oh, he teaches sword fighting. So that's cool. Yeah, so that's cool. So, so what does Craig Ivy say about all of this? Um, when a Daily Mail reporter reached out to him, he did not comment. He just said that he had nothing to say about anything having to do with that woman. And so, since his affair with Marjorie Taylor Greene, he has moved from Georgia to Washington State, where he has now set up a gladiator boot camp called the Ludus. Which is or the Ludus, which is Latin for gladiator training school. <laughs> so he's out of the picture. But um, after him, Marjorie Taylor Greene took up with the gym manager named Justin Tway, who's more normal looking. He's kind of like a bald, you know, beefy, muscular guy. And he's not as exciting as the tantric sex guru for sure. But um, he was also reached by the Daily Mail and Justin Tway said, I have no interest in talking about anything to do with that woman. Everything with her comes to no good. So, OK, that's that. Good. Yeah. Well, they they they're at least they're sensible, like they had their dalliance and now they've distanced themselves. <laughs> and I wish the voters in her district would do the same. They've had their dalliance. Maybe they didn't her. know. Maybe like when they had but their But you dalliance. remember the good old days, the bad old days with like the slightest like peccadillo, not to mad like Bill Clinton, but the slightest peccadillo could drive someone from office. Like remember when Mark Sanford from South Carolina went hiking with his mistress in South America uh, yeah. and he was drummed out of office and like Larry Craig, the Republican from Idaho, like hooked up with some dude in a Idaho bathroom, and like oh, yeah, or he got um, up. Gary Hart and his like yeah monkey business, monkey business Donna yeah. Rice, or like yeah. Barney Frank, who like made friends with a rent boy who lived in his basement. Um, like oh, that's nonsense. Like throw her out. I don't know. If I will find any. I don't know. People's private lives should say private. I'm not judging it. I just think that when someone presents herself as she does, she is such a hypocrite. The voters should toss her out for this, if not for the reason that she's QAnon and believes that uh, that uh, that Sandy Hook and Parkland did not not happen and our false flag operations. Yeah. I mean, and of course, in response to the Daily Mail's request for comment, she called the story ridiculous tabloid garbage spread by an avowed communist and another attempt to smear my name because I'm the biggest threat to the Democrat socialist agenda. So, I mean, like, who's the avowed communist? Is the tantric sex guy also an avowed? (laughs) I mean, are a lot of people like vowing their allegiance to communism nowadays? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe the tantric sex guru is a communist. I mean, he is starting a commune. <laughs> Very good point. Maybe she's on to something. Okay, nope. We got to move on. This is so real. nope. And nope to these guys she met at the gym, especially the polyamorous tantric sex guru. I mean, have you no standards, Craig? I, mean, <laughs> I think that's a question that answers itself. No, he does not have any standards. Okay, let's move on. Nope. <laughs> okay, okay. So this is um, a, a situation where the headline. Kind of says it all. Well, Um, that's our second one for that. (laughs) Second one for the day. Yeah. So the New York Times had a story that said Gorilla Glue as hairspray. Bad, bad, bad idea. Um, So, yeah, like 
That is a bad idea. That is self-evident. But it also, um, it's a good headline because it leads, tell me more. Right. This, this is where we are. Um, and I know like, you know, this pandemic has been going on for a year and some people are at home. They're getting desperate. They're mixing their own cosmetics. They're rubbing avocado on their faces. They're making an oatmeal mask. But this, <laughs> this is a bridge too far. So was this a story. mistake? Gorilla glue in the hair? <laughs> was it a, like, what happened? Uh, uh, it was not a mistake. So this story chronicles a harrowing, albeit self-inflicted ordeal endured by a 40-year-old woman in Louisiana named Tessica Brown. What happened was she ran out of hairspray, as often happens, and decided instead to use industrial strength Gorilla Glue, (laughs) a product with the tagline for the toughest jobs on planet Earth. So this was not for cause this is not intended for cosmetic use, but Tessica was undeterred and she sprayed aerosol gorilla glue in her hair. And guess what? It, it, worked. Was the time it worked as intended as advertised. It worked really well, um, a little too well. And it led to what she complained was a forever ponytail. <laughs> she was, well, don't people she get, was like, permanent, get rid of. permanent like eyelash curls or don't people get like permanent eyeliner put on? And, and Tessica like has has fake eye. Her eyelashes are like that. They, like, I feel like she like borrowed eyelashes from like a horse or an elephant or something. <laughs> OK, they're or like a gorilla or a gorilla. She's got or, gorilla yes. hair and gorilla eyes. <laughs> gorilla glue. So, um, OK, so she has this forever ponytail that she's unable to get rid of. And she posted a TikTok about the whole thing in the hopes that someone out there might be able to advise her on how to get this stuff out of her hair because she tried washing it like 15 times and nothing happened. And the video went viral, generated more than 30 million views. And Tessica became known as Gorilla Glue Girl. And Gorilla Glue was suddenly <laughs> trending on Twitter. And the company had to release a statement that is now pinned to their profile. <laughs> and this is the statement. We are very sorry to hear about the unfortunate incident that Miss Brown experienced using our spray adhesive on her hair. Our spray adhesive states <laughs> in the warning label, do not swallow do not get in eyes on skin or on clothing. It is using craft, home, or auto projects to mount things on surfaces. She's basically a human auto project. So, so th- this goes on, and about after a month of trying to get the ponytail out unsuccessfully, she went to the emergency room where the nurses put acetone on her head, a strong solvent, and it was burning her scalp to the point where her heart was beating really fast and they had to keep stopping. And a nurse told her that the procedure was going to take 20 hours Mm -hmm. and she was going to have to continue the treatment at home with the help of her mother and her sisters. Um, But then she heard from Dr. Michael Obang, who heard of her plight on the internet. And he's this, you know, Los Angeles plastic surgeon. And he offered to fly her out to Los Angeles and remove the glue from her head free of charge. This is a big, you know, like this was a good idea. Smart marketing. Of course. Yeah. As long as it's so, covered by like, you know, e-entertainment news or something. He's right. So, <laughs> so he performs this procedure about a week ago, puts her under light anesthesia. And afterwards, she was able to comb through her hair with her fingers like magic. He got it out. But then this is the craziest part. The the New York Times has this sentence that says Dr. Obeng declined to speak to the New York Times through his publicist on Thursday, <laughs> citing an exclusive interview that he had promised to an undisclosed outlet. 
So the plastic well, right. surgeon yes. who got the gorilla glue out of this this TikTok woman's hair has a publicist <laughs> and it's promising exclusive news. Like it's we are a- so in desperate need of like any story right now. <laughs> right. Well, we're talking about it. We're playing into the stupid cycle of idiocy we have nothing else to say this is what's going on this is what's happening so anyway so meanwhile tessica has hired a whole celebrity management team herself she has an agent (laughs) she's got like a branding person and she now has a fashion brand she has like a line of 28 dollar t-shirts Wait, she just got started oh those are from like an online thing like i was gonna say this just happened like a week ago and she's already got a fashion already already put a lot of work into this i'm sure it's couture like quality yeah right so anyway this story has everything tiktok gorilla glue a plastic surgeon (laughs) with a publicist and so of course there's also a GoFundMe campaign, which raised $24,000 for Tessica, who's only looking for $1,500 to pay for her treatment, which wound up being free. And then later she said she was going to donate all the money that she earned from the GoFundMe to charity. But now the New York Post is reporting that the GoFundMe won't let her get her, her money because she didn't clearly state on the campaign page how she intends to use it. So this is still an ongoing thing. Um, I think I, I think you've buried the lead here, which is that um, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I just thought of the lead and I will share it now, is that um, according to Taylor Lorenz, a friend of the pod, former guest here in The New York Times, the TikTok influencers are, are unionizing, right? They're going to be members of SAG-AFTRA. Uh, oh, right. They're eligible now. So I think that this means that Gorilla Glue Girl will now be eligible for the presidency <laughs> of SAG-AFTRA. SAG-AFTRA. So if Maybe. you are a card-holding member, please vote Tessica <laughs> for president <laughs> to succeed Gabrielle Carter. Nope, shut this down. We got to move no. on to the uh, season. A little raise of light, a little beacons of yes. hope that got us through the week. Rachel, you have a great one, I see. Um, well, I had that one, but I'm now going to do a different one. <laughs> okay, that's why we do a live... <laughs> Live to tape <laughs> podcast. Anything can yeah. happen. Go ahead. <laughs> My up goes to watercolors. So um, I got AJ these uh, really nice professional watercolors for his birthday. And he and I, he's off this week because it's winter break. And he and I have been painting together. And it's just really relaxing and really fun. And he's been making some beautiful art. And I just recommend watercolors to anybody seeking to relax have you uh have you shown him the bob ross uh show the i'm going to i'm going to but that's more oils but that'll scare him away oh yeah he does okay um i've been uh watching tv and uh as i've mentioned and now obsessed i just finished uh elite the spanish teen soap drama and i've been looking for something and i realized i was poking around the hottest new show is the twilight zone the original oh, yeah. one. Everybody's talking about it. Why? Everybody. I think it just popped up on Netflix and it like it kept suggesting me. And I was like, you know, I've never really watched The Twilight Zone. Like, I know what it is, but like, do I really know what it is? I watched it. It's fucking amazing. It's it great. Is, yeah. There's a reason it's The Twilight Zone is that it's The Twilight Zone. It's, it's iconic. Inc- it's yeah. iconic, but like it delivers the goods. And there's like a million of them. This is back when ep- series were actually like 26 episodes. So there's like hundreds of them. And I've, I've sampled four or five of them. And they're all amazing. There's, you know, it's all killer, no filler. Um, I love the one. Have you seen a bunch or not so many? Or none? I've seen a few. Like Josh oh. and AJ have been watching them together. Oh, they have? Okay. Yeah. 
So this is the least current yup I've ever done, but uh, you've done some like movies from the 30s. But for me, I'm going to recommend a TV series from the 1960s, That's The Twilight great. Zone. Yeah, why why fix it if it's not broken? Just go with the go with the, <laughs> go with the movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, that wraps it up for us. Thank you for yes, listening. Um, Rachel, we may have a surprise for our listeners next week. Might we not? We might. I hope we do. I'm, I'm, yeah, let's not give hopeful. it away, but let's do a little teaser here. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review. Our ratings have been really going up this year. I think I mentioned since the Biden era. Let's give Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Yeah, credit 2021 for that. is good in that respect. I will yes, say that's that. That's one good thing that's going on. So please help the momentum go. Tell people about it in real life. That's the best way. Tell your way. friends. If you have friends, yes. tell them, acquaintances, frenemies, anyone you regularly encounter in person or in Zoom. Uh, okay, thank you. Uh, this has been a terrible, terrible week, as we have discussed, but it has been a fun podcast to record. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common. We can talk about nothing. Shoot the shit. We got shit to shoot.